The canvas of news or history is always rich with event, but rarely with such ominous sequences and multiplicity of crises in the world's most threatening places as today. A terror group, more an emergent terrorist army, takes most of Iraq. 40,000 people have fled. It's nearly biblical to a mountaintop, Mount Singer, where, without intervention, they will most likely die, man, woman, child, of heat and thirst after already been pushed to extremities of fear and hopelessness. Across the world, there are fresh concerns about an outbreak of Ebola. There's a shooting down of a passenger jet. The Middle East has been a cauldron for weeks. The headlines get bleaker every day. Russian bombers penetrate U.S. airspace, reads one. Christians are being persecuted and killed, mostly without the world's full notice. There's no need for more in the catalog. The world is always thick with dispute and contention. And we know history does not sleep. Nonetheless, in terms of tension, active conflicts, unsettled grievances, and the wild spread of terrorism in all its forms and guises, the headlines of this summer, 2014, justify summoning the ghost of the great sad events of a hundred years ago this month that precipitated the then world into the most gruesome, savage, protracted, and murderous war known to that time. On the 100th anniversary of that cataclysm, people wonder whether there is some echo of point or a theme or pattern that may help to read today's entanglements and alliances and conflicts, whether we can read those patterns so as not to repeat them. People look back to see if leaders then gave solid guidance or if there were moments when, had those leaders judged other than they did judge, the great cascade of tragic circumstance and all that woe would have been forestalled. Fortunately for us, there is a person, Margaret McMillan, Canadian don of an Oxford college, historian, academic, affluent, and persuasive writer, who has wrestled with the huge legacy of World War I writings, diaries, and memoirs, and presented the world with not one, but two books that lay out the unfolding of that war, as well as the tragic peace signed at Versailles at its end, a peace thick with its own ironies, for it contains some of the seeds of the next war. Paris 1919 and the other, the war that ended peace, both, like all histories, issue a theme and convey a permanently useful caution about how the rush of events and the play of disparate personalities upon events cloud the ability of people to understand those events and escape their hidden perils. And also, Margaret Macmillan's books keep alive that saddest of promises made after that brutal war so long ago, the memorial words, lest we forget. For The National, I'm Rex Murphy.